Welcome to Larry Reedy's America. Uh, today's podcast is um, it's going to be a recap of we had a gun safety, concealed carry, home protection, and self-defense show at the Gibson Theater September 24th. And we, we did a podcast there, but we ran into a lot of technical difficulties, so I, I couldn't publish it. The, the biggest problem was him, we had a lot of audience participation, and uh, because of the way the, the people were spread out in the theater, you couldn't mic everyone up, and so con- consequently, they would be asking a question to whichever one of us were speaking at the time, and we could hear them, but my mics, my podcast mic couldn't pick it up from that distance. So what we had were one-sided conversations. Uh, and if I would have edited it, it would have taken out half of it and it wouldn't have been worth publishing. So what I'm going to attempt today, uh, I'm going to start off with what Greg Neese talked about. It's hard to get the three guys to come out here and try to do a podcast without a live audience. So I'm going to shorten it. I think our uh, our podcast was actually about an hour and 30 minutes or so at the Gibson, but uh, I'm going to try and keep this at around 30 minutes if I can and, and hit all the highlights. And if anyone has any questions, um, like, you know, Joe Livers, state cop, uh, Greg Neese, he's, you know, he was Army veteran, federal firearms license dealer, small business owner, Chaz Navy veteran, involved in tactical shooting and practice, and uh, I was military police veteran and small business owner. But anyway, if anyone listens to this and has any questions, whether it's home protection, gun safety, concealed carry, uh, and I'll repeat this at the end of the podcast, uh, they can text or call me at 812-871- Four two two four, and I'd be glad if I don't have the answer. If it's something uh, legal, uh, and the law keeps changing, uh, our go-to guy was Joe Livers, the state policeman. So uh, anyway, let's get started here. Craig uh, Neese was first on the stage and talked about concealed carry. Uh, one thing. Uh, it's best to have, like if you're an Indiana resident or Ohio resident or wherever you are, even if you have the concealed carry privilege today, if you travel, it's best to get a concealed carry permit in the state you live in. And like Indiana, there's so many states with reciprocity. Uh, You can travel safely. But you go someplace like Chicago, Illinois, New York City, uh, or, or especially if you go to Washington, D.C., uh, 
try to go around because you could be detained, and Greg pointed this out, and so did uh, uh, Joe Livers. You, he, I mean, Joe's a policeman, and they advised him, and Greg, being a federal firearms licensed dealer, uh, D.C., when he went through it, uh, they said to go talk to the station first before you, or call them before you go through uh, uh, Washington, D.C. But anyway, that information is readily available, uh, the reciprocal states for the state that you're in, on the Internet. But I want to caution you, when you go to the Internet, there are so many different sites, and a lot of them want you to buy a map. So... I checked them all out, and the easiest thing to do is go to Wikipedia, and you know, for uh, whatever state you're in, and and just type in uh, reciprocal, uh, like Indiana concealed carry license reciprocal, and how many states. And but if you go to Wikipedia, they'll show you. But as Joe Livers pointed out. The best thing to do, because laws change a lot, is when you're going to take a trip, if you're going from Indianapolis, Indiana, or Cincinnati, Ohio, or Batesville, Indiana, wherever you're going, from, if you're heading south and you know the route you're going to take, it only takes a few minutes to call state police or, and, or just to find out what their laws are as far as you conceal carry. And conceal carry means you can also have a, a pistol or revolver in the glove compartment. And uh, Greg also brought up about, we, we had at the show, I, I believe eight or 10 uh, different firearms that you could use for conceal carry home protection. And everyone, that wanted to, and which was most of the audience came up uh, after the presentation, and and they looked at all of them. It, it's like anything else. Uh, a pistol does not fit everybody's hand the same. And I had a, a Smith and Wesson. It was called a M and P Easy Slide. And that particular firearm is for people, it's a 380, which is the same diameter as a 9mm Luger, less powder. It's called a baby Luger, actually. Uh, but this is designed, if somebody has arthritis or uh, you just have a, a weak hand, uh, the slide to jack around the chamber comes back very easy. Uh, and again, it's not for everybody, but certain grips aren't for anybody. And with Greg's being a federal firearm license dealer, uh, he keeps several firearms in stock. He could he could allow you to shoot, you know, pay for the ammo, uh, or you could go to any any gun store that has uh, a center, you know, they, 
have eight or nine lanes where you can shoot, you can rent a gun or pay for their ammo there. But, uh, and we also in Batesville, uh, the Rusty Bucks is an excellent gun store, but they have a archery range, but they don't have a shooting range. But it's important how the gun fits your hand, how it feels. So, uh, and anyway, if anybody's interested in talking to Greg, get hold of me. I'll give you a link uh, that you can call Greg or reach him on Facebook, however you want to do it. Uh, our, our next uh, guest speaker was Chaz Kaiser. Uh, Chaz Kaiser and a gentleman by the name of Walt Enninking, uh, both, by the way, both of those were in my, my gun book, Basil Shooter and Friends. And Chaz is, uh, was very active with Walt in establishing, it's a two-gun tactical shooting course at Coon Hunters uh, in Batesville. And let me mention this. If, if you're Batesville, Sunman, any place or Oldenburg, uh, Coon Hunters is $30 a year. You can always go up there and shoot. Uh, you just have to bring your own targets. Uh, they got places to mount the targets. And uh, it, it's, it's really worthwhile. The tactical shooting is mainly for your hobbyists. Uh, but when you... If you're buying a handgun for the first time, you have to have some place to practice, usually at least once a month. And one very important thing you have to know, in a defensive situation, the average confrontation is 17 to 25 feet. When I gave gun classes, I would have people shooting from 30 and 25 feet. I told them not to worry about hitting the bullseye. Get the gun up. Basically, you're pointing and shooting at the kill zone, which if you, you know, just figure your, your chest down to your belly, then your head and your neck, head and neck are a smaller target. But when you are shooting, you always do two quick ones, double tap. Uh, and if the guy's still coming at you, it, do it again till he's down. Uh, in my opinion, uh, well, I'll get, I'll get into this in the, I'll get into this when we talk about home protection. But whatever pistol you get, a lot of people say, well, get a nine millimeter because uh, your nine millimeter for concealed carry, usually you got 15 to 18 rounds where uh, uh, you, you get the uh, smaller 380 and uh, you might have six or seven rounds. And, but here, here's the problem. If you get a nine millimeter and you're not comfortable with it, even if you went to a 22, if you can hit your target in the kill zone, some of the newer 22s have 20 to 30 round magazines and a pistol. And 
the 22 ammo that they have now, they have some defensive ammo. And I, I mean, if you can't put somebody down with 20 rounds in a 22, there's something wrong. So just be comfortable in the gun you choose. Uh, myself, I have two concealed carry guns. I have one that I call my Kroger gun, which is a little small Ruger LCP 380. It holds six rounds. It drops in your pocket. It's, it fits in the palm of your hand, basically. Uh, if I go to any place where there's a large crowd, I have a, it's called a hide-in-plain-sight holster. And I carry a nine millimeter with holds 15 and an extra magazine that holds 15. But it looks like a little nerdy thing on your belt that you might have a cell phone and something else in it. It doesn't resemble a holster. And I highly recommend that because uh, when I say a Kroger gun, we're in a small town. I go to a Kroger store. I, I don't think some idiot's going to come in there to shoot up a Kroger store, but you never know. That's why I carry my Kroger gun. Uh, and they're, they're good from uh, they're good from 25 to 30 feet. Again, it's a point-and-shoot gun, 380, not the same stopping par, but any, anything beyond 30 feet, uh, I wouldn't take a shot because it, it's a uh, chance of hitting it's not very, hitting your target's not very good. So, Anyway, but Chaz was very, very helpful. And in fact, at the end of the, uh, at the end of it, when uh, he was in there with uh, everyone else, showing people guns and that, and uh, he's great help. And, and by the way, anybody who doesn't know Chaz Kaiser, he's a, he's an amazing artist. He uh, fabricated our uh, town clock which is like, it's a glockenspiel, and he's done amazing work. You can even look at uh, YouTube or his website, and uh, he, he and his dad built an underground underground home that he lives in, and I, I think his electric bill might be $28 a month or something like that. Okay, our, our next guest speaker was Joe Livers. Uh, Joe's a 25-year veteran in Indiana State Police, several years on the SWAT team. And the, the biggest thing, we, we wanted to talk to Joe about certain things. For instance, if someone breaks into your home and, and they're, they see you with a gun, they talk, take off and start running, you better not shoot them in the back while they're running because you're going to go to jail. I mean, it's all there is to it. The threat's over. You can't kill somebody because you're mad at them from breaking into your house. Now, uh, another thing, and I mentioned it to Joe, and he's right, right with me. If somebody's 50 yards away from you, Unless they're shooting at you, don't shoot at somebody at that distance because you can normally 
get away from them, get some protection. And then if they get close to you and your life's in danger, shoot them. But don't, if you, again, you shoot somebody 50 yards away, you, you got a pretty good chance to go to jail unless they're shooting at you. And uh, Joe was also, we talked about uh, not allowing, like, uh, uh, I have some grandchildren that you know, are st still in college, and you, you always want to tr travel with other people. Uh, I have uh, one of my granddaughters lived in, uh, went to University of Cincinnati. She's a teacher now, and uh, she kind of lived in Thug City where a lot of incidents happened with uh, attacks. Uh, but she always traveled with somebody else, and she didn't have any problems, but I, I was so relieved when she graduated and got out of that uh, the living area up there because there's so much crime that it's unbelievable. But, uh, and he also, what, you know, said, you know, if somebody grabs you and they're trying to get you in a car, scream, kick, do whatever you can to get away from them. Um, and we had a, I had a very interesting guest on by the name of Pat Gray. And Pat called me the night before, and she related a story to me. Uh, when the, I think Pat's 72 years old, and I believe she said this happened eight years ago. Uh, she was, um, I believe it was in Texas, and she pulled into a pilot truck stop to get gas, because uh, there's always a crowd there. And anyway, to make a long story short, uh, Pat pulled in, and then there was a fellow next to her, and the guy said, uh, told her, he said, you know, that car in the other lane over there, there's people are keeping looking at you, and you, you know, you've got to be kind of careful. He said, I don't know if it's just in my imagination, and Pat said, no, I saw that too. So here... The guy finished pumping his gas. He was going inside. In the meantime, when Pat was finishing up, this guy came over, grabbed her around the neck, and was trying to drag her to the car. Well, she was in a position she couldn't get her arm back to anything. She finally got into the open part of a a uh, little knapsack that she had on her back, and she had bare mace. And what she did, she she took the the can and swung it and hit the guy in the head, and he loosened his grip where she could turn around. She sprayed the mace in her eye, in his eyes, his throat. In the meantime. Another guy's coming from the car to help him get her in the car, but this guy can't see or anything. The fellow who was in the other, when he went in to pay for his gas, came rain, running out. So the guy who was coming after Pat grabbed the other guy, got him in the car, and they got out of there. Pat threw the 
base can at him, hoping to break a window, but it didn't do any good. And the funny thing is, uh, the guys that she was talking to was the grandson of Audie Murphy. And the guy's father was when Audie Murphy won his Medal of Honor, most decorated man in World War II. When he won his Medal of Honor, this his this other guy's dad was a sergeant who was with him at, at during this whole ordeal. So yeah, funny thing, but it was a very interesting story. And I couldn't get any of it uh, on the podcast, her side of it, because she was speaking into a microphone off stage with her back towards me. And I, I tried to pick that up, but I couldn't. But it was a very interesting story, compelling story, why people should have concealed carry and always be on the lookout. Because... Uh, it's just like Joe. I've always done the same thing, and I don't know because I was an MP or it's just a natural instinct. When when I go to a restaurant, I always try to sit in a in a position where my back is, where I can see everybody coming in, and not that I expect any kind of a threat, but it's better than having your back to somebody. So. But anyway, Joe was a tremendous help. Uh, answer, he fielded a lot of questions. Uh, great guy. I think uh, it's in a year and a half or two years he'll be retired from the uh, Indiana State Police. Okay. We're going to go now to my section on home protection. Okay. The first thing... And the, the, one of the best things you can possibly do is somebody like ADT, where you have the house wired, and immediately something happens, call the police. They call you first, no answer. Police called right away, and they'll dispatch to your home. Uh, it's a little expensive. Not everybody's going to do it, but you can get an inexpensive, even if it's just a noise system, uh, put it put it in the house. Uh, c cameras, uh, have, have cameras, uh, you can get seven or eight cameras from different angles. I think they're pretty cheap now. I don't have that because my second thing is lights. When I have lights in the front of the house, the rear of the house, the sides of the house. Over, I have a Morton building, I have lights on there. It's lit up like a baseball, going to a night game in a baseball field. I live in the country, and I, it's, it's a great deterrent because nobody wants to be under lights. And, uh, but again, you don't want to, if you don't want the electric bill, I recommend you do something else. Never leave a ladder out. Never leave any kind of tool out that somebody can use to break in. I also have uh, a little single safe 
I have this right next to my lounge chair in the family room where I can see out the window if anybody's coming to the front door. Uh, I, I have a nine millimeter in there. It's cocked, it's ready to go. If somebody comes in, I open the safe and they'll leave in a body bag. Okay, upstairs, I have another single stay safe at my bedside. There I have a 45 ACP, a 1911, and I have a laser sight on it. So the reason I have that upstairs, if somebody's coming up the steps, it's gonna be a close confrontation and boy, you, you get hit with a 45, it's, it's over. And with the laser sight, once you put a laser sight on somebody and they see that sight, they know you're not gonna miss. And the chances are they're gonna lay on the floor with our, with they have a weapon, they're gonna drop it or they're gonna take off running. And again, you can pursue them to get them out of the house, but if they're running away, you better not shoot them. You, you just can't do a revenge-type shooting. Uh, and there's certain guns for home protection. There's one gun that I would not have, and I, I think the gun's great. It's a 22 Magnum. It's not much of a recoil, but it's got a lot more zip than a regular 22. The big problem with a 22 Magnum is the flame that they let out inside the house and the smoke that goes with it. Uh, it, it, it you're really better off having a, a regular 22, a 380 or a nine millimeter. Uh, if you're not used to shooting, a 45 or a 357 Magnum or 44 Magnum. Uh, if you're still learning, don't use one of them because you might hit somebody with the first shot, but the recoil will probably intimidate you and you won't be any be able to hit the second shot. But you, you never know what's gonna happen. I'll, I'm gonna relay a funny story and a lot of my listeners, I'm sure, have heard this before because I believe I put this in my first book, Life, Liberty, uh, My Quest for Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Happiness, uh, 1939 to 2019. But years ago, uh, when our children were teenagers, um, about two o'clock in the morning, once I think it was it was a Friday. I think it was a Friday night. It might have been Saturday, but I think it was a Friday. My wife woke me up and said, "Someone just pulled in the driveway and turned their lights off immediately." Now, two o'clock in the morning, out in the country, that's not a good thing. So. <clears throat> I did what I think most normal people would do, maybe not, but I got up, put on a pair of, uh, pair of jeans, uh, put my bedroom slippers on, 
got a 357 Magnum that I had uh, my bedside stand. Went downstairs, snuck out the back door, went around the car, and put the barrel of the gun in the, at the guy's head. And I heard, Jesus, Mr. Reedy, don't shoot me. It's me, David. Well, it turns out David was a friend of my son's Larry, my son Larry's. Uh, he said, I just came out to see if Larry might be home. And I said, David, do you think it's a good idea to come out here two in the morning, turn your lights out, and pull in front of my garage? He said, no, sir. Well, Batesville's a small enough town, believe me. After that, no one ever ever came out of our house late at night because they probably think that that crazy old man Reedy's out there is going to blow your brains out but you know it, at least if that could have been somebody else and I could have gotten them before they tried to break into the house and if they were armed they wouldn't have a chance I would I would have hit them put both arms out the window get out of the car same with the passenger, where I could see their arms, they had nothing in them, make them lay flat on the ground, uh, call the police, and it's over with. So there, those are just a few things in home protection. And depending on, you know, if you have children at home, there's some things you shouldn't have. Uh, one of the guns that I brought I brought a Mossberg shot wave, and basically what this is, it's a handheld. It's, it's like a sawed-off shotgun. It's a handheld deal. Six rounds, you put some 12-gauge uh, slugs or maybe uh, all three to, three to nine double-odd buck shells in there, and, you know, you don't, Somebody doesn't want to get hit with a shotgun shell, but it is great protection. But again, it's not something that you can put in a little safe. Uh, now, I have all of my guns in big safes, but you, you need something that you can access quickly. You don't, you don't want something where you have to go to a safe, put the combination in, pull the gun out, and make sure it's loaded. Too, too much time involved. So uh, anyway, the uh, only other thing about uh, home protection, too, and I've tried to tell all my kids this. I don't, most of them don't pay attention to me, but uh, when you go out, leave lights on. Don't when you turn the lights out in your house and that house is dark and it's eight o'clock at night and somebody comes by there looking for maybe a vulnerable house that they can break into, that, that's their first clue. So at, at, all the time, just, just have, your, have the place well lit. Now, again, I'm trying to keep this short. We're about 32 minutes into this, 
And I, I think we covered in a, an abbreviated way everything we talked about because when you get audience participation, there's a lot of questions. I mean, especially first-time gun owners. I, they want to make the right decision on what to buy. And it, it was a, I mean, it was a great experience for that gun show. Unfortunately, we didn't have as large a crowd as we expected, but uh, Batesville had their Apple Fest that ended at four, the same time our show started. And th that's a big thing that they have year after year. So uh, the, the timing might have been a little bit poor on it. I, I don't know if we'll do it again or not, maybe. But I, I think if you listen to this and you're going to, believe me, there is no dumb question that you can ask about guns because guns not handled properly are dangerous. You can really get hurt or killed by mishandling a gun. So if you have any questions again, call or text me 812-871-5555. So again, get a pen and paper. I'll keep talking for a few seconds and I'll repeat it again. 812-871-4224. Uh, since I'm retired, it, it doesn't bother me. You can call her at any time. Or, or text me anytime. I, I get a lot of calls, get a lot of texts about uh, about our podcast. So uh, feel free to do that. And um, and I again, I, I'd be remiss, but not thank by not thanking all the people at our at our um, gun show. We had door prizes. Batesville Liquor Company, Ison's Family Pizza, The Village Store, The Bra House, Creek Bottom Brewery, Randy's Roadhouse, The Walnut Street Variety Store. Uh, they all gave, I, I believe everybody gave a two $25 gift certificates. So, I mean, very generous and I can't thank them enough. And the people that won the door prizes, they were ecstatic about. My friend Paul Wanning, who is a, a, a terrific author, he's, he's written and published over 100 books. He's a great historian, Indiana, you know, country historian. Uh, he gave away two books. Uh, I gave away five books of uh, uh, Baseball Shooter and Friends. And um, I also left, uh, uh, a lot of people go to Gibson, by the way, they got great seats in there now. The uh, sound system's wonderful. Uh, historic Theater. And the 
seats that they put in, uh, I believe was, uh, I believe Kim Powell told me it was 55,000. I believe he still owes maybe $4,500 or a little less on him now. So what I, what I did, I, I left him uh, 20 books. So anybody that wants to buy a book at the Gibson, all proceeds, they're $29.95. Uh, and the thing is, since I donated them to a nonprofit, which the Gibson is, if you bought one from Kim Powell, you could write that check, use it as a donation, take it off your taxes, and in return, Kim's going to give you a book free. So that way, if, if he sells all 20 books, that's another 600 bucks that, that he can take off. The, uh, he had to take a little loan out to finish paying for the seats, but uh, it, it, it's a great historic theater, and if you haven't been there in a number of years, or if you're from a surrounding area, do yourself a favor. Nostalgic, historic theater with, uh, he's got all the, got the digital cameras, got the great seats, great sound system. Uh, and, you, you know, you, some of the movies are really busy, and some of them, uh, if you hit it at the right time, uh, you might only have 20, 30 people in the theater. So it's, uh, it's really worth the time for you to go there. So again, I want to thank everybody for listening. I, I wish we wouldn't have had technical difficulties for the gun show that we had. Uh, that was on September 24th. I'm, I'm recording this episode. Uh, this is October the 5th. And... I'm not sure that I'll, I, I have to look at my scheduling, but uh, if I get this in by the end of October, it, it'll be the either end of October, the uh, first part of November, that I will schedule this. And again, I'm, I'm sorry that it didn't work out, uh, that podcast, uh, you know, at the uh, theater. Uh, it would have been great because... We really had a, an interesting audience who were very, very responsive. They had great questions um, up on stage. Uh, some of the people I knew, some I've never met before. I even had a couple of my neighbors there. So uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do it again, maybe not. Or uh, uh, maybe we'll have a invite people to a podcast in a different setting and uh, in fact I could probably do it here in my uh, uh, Morton building if I got had enough interest in it and we could do the podcast right here and everybody's in a this a 3600 square foot building have plenty of chairs and uh, maybe maybe we'll do something like that but anyway, I want to thank everybody for listening. My sincere apologies for this not being part of the gun show. Uh, but anyway, let's, let's go out with the uh, 
national anthem. And God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And I will talk to you on the next podcast.